everybody, it is time for another Logan's Lowdown. Hope everybody is doing super solid on this fine Monday, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Happy, uh, happy MLK Day for all that observe, and uh, thankful for Dr. King and what he did um, for this country, um, thus giving us all a day off of work, which nobody is upset about at all. We've got a great episode today, so I'm not going to waste any time, and I'm just going to get right into it. There's tons to talk about, tons to speculate on, so uh, why don't we just go ahead and get after it? Why not? Um, Man, what a great day today is. Off work on a Monday. You love to see it. Um, My computer is short-circuiting, completely uh, and utterly, I was trying to double check what, uh, episode this was 310. Wow. We're flying through these. Um, a couple things before we really get going though, follow the show on Instagram at Logan's lowdown at Twitter at Logan lowdown. And that's more just me. You're not necessarily following the podcast. You're following me and TikTok at Logan's lowdown. If you like what you hear, send this show to one friend or family member for whom you like to go to the movies with with whom you like to go to the movies with, someone you already enjoy talking about the fun and crazy entertainment world with. If you are new here to Logan's Lowdown, let me tell you how the show works. Most of the content will be the weekly entertainment update that drops today, every Monday. Those shows follow this format. We do this intro, we do some subtopics of news or conversation, and then we do a few main topics, usually reviews, trailer breakdowns, ranked lists, whatever the case may be. So, With all of that said, let's jump right into it. We got some Marvel news here, and uh, we got a few pieces to talk about, so let's uh, let's jump right into them. The first of which um, is... The first two are rumors. The the third thing is, is a surefire thing. So let's, you know, just take everything with a grain of salt here. Uh, Doctor Strange 3 is getting fast-tracked at Marvel. Doctor Strange introduced audience... And this is from xfire.com. Not a very reliable source, but again, a rumor. So we're just going to shoot with it. I saw it circulating Twitter this week. So it's best to... uh, Let's get ahead of it and talk about it in case we're right here. Doctor Strange introduced audiences to the presence of the of the multiverse in the first in his first movie. The second film showed fans the infinite number of multiverses and how they're interconnected. With the start of the second part of Multiverse of Madness, new rumors suggest that Doctor Strange three will be coming much sooner than anticipated. Talk online suggests that Benedict Cumberbatch may be returning for a third movie before the release of Avengers The Kang Dynasty in May of 2025. Insider Jason Kane revealed on Twitter that Marvel is adding movies to its slate for Phase 5 and 6 and has decided to fast-track Doctor Strange 3. Quote, shift in movie slate. 2025 will now be Fantastic Four, Armor Wars, most likely Spider-Man 4, and Shang-Chi 2, the leaker tweeted. Marvel has decided to fast-track another Doctor Strange movie to come before Kang Dynasty. They want Scott Derrickson to return. With regards to Doctor Strange, Kane added, they are looking of doing a Carmitage series to tie into Doctor Strange 3 as more magic users are popping up. Scott Derrickson directed the first Doctor Strange movie, 
before being replaced by Sam Raimi for the second. Fans have been excited about the news that the original director will be returning for the third movie, especially after the concept art for his original plans for Doctor Strange 2 went viral online. Prior to the release of Multiverse of Madness, MCU chief Kevin Feige described Cumberbatch as, quote, the anchor of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the only actor capable of guiding us through the madness of the multiverse. Cumberbatch also teased about the future of his character in the MCU during the release of Doctor Strange 2, quote, I really can't wait to see what the fan reaction is to this and where it takes Strange and who he is by the end of the film, but I think it sets him up for a really exciting future. So that, again, is just a rumor saying that Doctor Strange 3 is getting fast-tracked at Marvel. Only time will tell if this is true. I'm sure we'll get some major movie news here in the spring because we know DC's about to make a bunch of movie announcements, so it's only a matter of time before Marvel does the same. All right, so the next Marvel rumor we've got is that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield have major roles in Avengers Secret Wars. Alrighty here, so this is also from Giant Freaking Robot, which has a better uh, reputation than the last site, but they've got pop-up ads, and that's freaking awesome. Uh, the variant Peter Parker's played by Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield didn't know who the Avengers were in 2021's Spider-Man No Way Home, but apparently they're going to find out. According to our trusted and proven sources, the pair will be returning to the Marvel Cinematic Universe for 2026's Avengers Secret Wars. They also tell us they play a much bigger part in the story than they did in Tom Holland's movie. The pair would once again reprise their Marvel roles that the pair would once again replies their Marvel roles isn't quite as surprising as the news that their roles would be bigger. We don't know exactly what to expect from Secret Wars, but no doubt will involve the multiverse in a big way and fans will no doubt be looking for non-MCU Marvel alums like Toby and Andrew to return for at least a wink and a smile cameo. To have their roles inflated compared to No Way Home is much more intriguing considering all the names expected in the film already. Uh, to date, Marvel Studios has avoided 100% faithful adaptations of comic book events like Civil War and Age of Ultron, but if Secret Wars is anything like the t comics event, it will be a massive budget, setting, scope, and many, 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 many names in the cast besides Toby and Andrew. As described by the fan-run Marvel database, uh, in the... The incursions, like the one described in last year's Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, led to the death of the multiverse, and Doctor Doom brings back to life the single planet under his world. That planet, Battleworld, is split into wildly fantastic territories, e.g. one set in the Wild West, a prehistoric setting, uh, numerous kingdoms based on the X-Men stories, and all of them being ruled by God Doom, whose law is enforced by an army of variant Thors. So, this is a uh, this is a big deal. Big deal. Until we know more about the Avengers Secret Wars, specifically of Toby and Andrew's part in it, all we can do is speculate. There's quite literally no limit to the kind of characters that could play in the movie. They could play bad guy variants of Spider-Man, good guy versions of Spider-Mans, or variants that have nothing to do with the web-slinger at all. So that comes to us again from Giant Freaking Robot, and that is the speculation on the Spider-Men returning. Marvel topic number three. Uh, this is true stuff. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. Uh, we got a new trailer for it, and coming from Collider, this is a little bit of a breakdown of what we saw in the trailer. 
A new trailer for Ant-Man and the Wasp is here. Uh, revealing new secrets about the highly anticipated threequel. As expected, the trailer is focused on Jonathan Majors, King the Conqueror, the new overarching villain of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And thanks to new footage, we know why Scott Lang decides to work with Kang. As if that wasn't enough, Marvel Studios has also confirmed rumors, revealed the uh, design of a fan-favorite villain, and even teased how Ant-Man and the Wasp fits in with the multiverse theme, so let's break it down. So... The first trailer of Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, teased how Scott would agree to work for Kang to save his daughter, Cassie. While that's already motivation enough, the new trailer reveals how the stakes are even higher than the first imagined. It seems like Kang doesn't stick to enlist Scott, but a carrot. That's because Kang is the master of time manipulation, and he tells Scott he can give him lost time back. Interesting. Uh, the new Quantum Medium trailer also underlines how the next Ant-Man and the Wasp movie will see the rise of the Kang Dynasty. It's worth noting that the Kang Dynasty is the title of the fifth Avengers movie set to premiere May 2nd, 2025. Such as Quantumania will put Kang at the center of the spotlight, showcasing his comic accurate looks and powers. And speaking of powers, the new trailer proves Kang is much more than an evil mastermind as he can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Avengers. Kang is originally from the 31st century and packs powerful weapons from the future. That might be the origin of his laser blasts in the MCU. Uh, the tr new trailer also shows us footage of Kang's Citadel and his army. Kang couldn't become the next Avenger foe if he didn't have the resources to fight an army of superheroes. So that's exciting to see as well. Due to Kang's ability to manipulate the timeline, Scott will, will get thrown into the madness of the multiverse in new and exciting ways. Even if No Way Home, Loki, and Multiverse of Madness already featured multiple variants of the same character, Quantumanian's trailer shows Scott splitting himself into two versions of himself. The new trailer also gives us a first MCU look at MODOK, a.k.a. the mental organism designed only for killing. Created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby for the 1967 Tales of Suspense, this fan-favorite villain is basically a gigantic head with tiny limbs floating around in a hovering throne. The first footage of MODOK pr proves MCU decided to stick with the villain's absurd design and we just love it. It's worth remembering that in the comic books, MODOK is the technologically enhanced leader of AIM Enterprise, the same company that tormented Tony Stark in Iron Man 3. In the MCU, AIM was founded by Aldrich Killian, so maybe MODOK is getting a brand new origin story for Quantumania. In the MCU, MODOK will also show up in battle armor that mimics his classic comic book design, and since he's ready for battle, the villain should possess telekinetic powers, making him a formidable enemy. And the last question we have about this, is Ant-Man dying? The new trailer reveals a lot of Ant-Man and the Quas Quantum... Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, say that title three times fast. It explains Scott's motivation, reveals Kang will portray Ant-Man, and that his treason will put the two into a colliding course. The new trailer also shows that Kang will wipe the floor with Scott, potentially killing him. One specific scene tells us that Scott is not planning to win the, in the threequel. In fact, it seems like Scott understands his limitations and will pour all his energies into ensuring they both lose. As much as it's sad to admit, that sounds like another funeral in the MCU, and with Cassie becoming the heroine stature for the sequel, 
It would be an emotional way to pass the baton to a new generation. Ant-Man and the Wasp premieres in theaters February 17th. So yeah, tons of Marvel news, all of which hinge on this movie and the multiverse. So I'm excited to see where Ant-Man 3 leaves us. I'm sure we're going to get a dope post credit scene in Ant-Man as well. It's going to be wild. Okay, topic number two today, we have the list of the Golden Globe winners. Now, the Golden Globe gives out dozens and dozens of awards, so I'm going to go through the main categories, and I'm going to announce the winners. I'm going to show you the nominees and then the winners. And this is from The Hollywood Reporter. All right, Best Motion Picture Drama. Avatar The Way of Water, Elvis, The Fablemans, Tar, and Top Gun Maverick, and The Fablemans took this one home. Best Performance by an Actress in a Motion Picture Drama, we get Michelle Williams, Ana de Armas, Viola Davis, Olivia Coleman, and Kate Blanchett for Tar, and she took that one home. Best Performance by a Male in a Motion Picture Drama, Jeremy Pope, Bill Knighty, Hugh Jackman, Brendan Fraser, and Austin Butler for Elvis, and he took that one home as well. Best Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy, The Triangle of Sadness, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Babylon, and The Banshees of Irishmen, that's the one that got it. Best Performance by an Actress in a Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy. Leslie Manville, Margot Robbie, Anna Taylor-Joy, Emma Thompson, and Michelle Yeoh. Everything, everywhere, all at once. And she took the winner for that one as well. Best Performance by an Actor in a Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy. We got Diego Calvin, Daniel Craig, Adam Driver, Colin Farrell, and Ralph Fiennes. We got Car- Colin Farrell for the Banshees of Irishin. Best Motion Picture Animated, we get Turning Red, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, Inuo, and Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, and that is the one that won the award. Okay, here, Best Performance by an Actress in a Supporting Role in Any Motion Picture, we get Carrie Mulligan, Dolly Day Leon, Jamie Lee Curtis, Carrie Condone, and Angela Bassett, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and she took that one, and let me note, that's the first Golden Globe win for a Marvel film. Big stuff there. Best Performance by an Actor in a Supporting Role in Any Motion Picture, Eddie Redmayne, Kei Huan Kwan, Brad Pitt, Barry Keegan, and Brendan Gleeson, and Ki Huan Kwan for Everything Everywhere All at Once took that one home. Best Director, James Cameron for Avatar The Way of Water, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Schreit, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Baz Luhrmann, Elvis, Martin McDough, The Banshees of Irishman, Steven Spielberg took it home for his directing role in The Fablemans. Best Screenplay, Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans, Sarah Pauly for Women Talking, Martin McDowell for The Banshees of Irishman, Daniel Kwan for Everything Everywhere All at Once, Todd Field for Tar, Martin McDowell took it for The Banshees of Irishman. I need to check this movie out if it's that damn good. All right, Best Original Score, The Banshees of Irishman, Del Toro's Pinocchio, Women Talking, Babylon, and The Fablemans. Babylon took that one home. Okay, that's it for movies, really. Best TV series, drama, Better Call Saul, Severance, Ozark, The Crown, and House of the Dragon. Crazy good nominees. House of the Dragon took that one home. 
Best performance by an actress in a TV series drama. We got Emma DeArcy, House of the Dragon, Laura Linney, Laura Linney, Ozark, Imeldi Staunton, The Crown, Hilary Swank, Alaska Daily, Zendaya, Euphoria. Zendaya took that one home for Euphoria. Best performance by an actor in a TV series drama, Jeff Bridges, The Old Man, Diego Luna, Andor, Bob Odenkirk, Better Call Saul, Adam Scott, Severance, Kevin Costner, Yellowstone. Took that one home. Better Best TV series musical or comedy, Wednesday, Only Murders in the Building, Hacks, The Bear, or Abbott Elementary. Abbott Elementary took that one home. Best Performance by an Actress in a TV Series, Musical or Comedy, Kaylee Cuoco, The Flight Attendant, Selena Gomez, Only Murders in the Building, Jenna Ortega, Wednesday, Gene Smart, Hacks, but Quinta, Quinta, Quinta Brunson, Abbott Elementary, took that one home. Best Performance by an Actor in a TV Series, Musical or Comedy, Donald Glover, Atlanta, Bill Hader, Barry, Steve Martin, and Martin Short both nominated for Only Murders in the Building, but Jeremy Allen White won for The Bear. Best TV Series, Anthology or Motion Picture Made for TV, Blackbird, Dahmer, The Monster, The Jeffrey Dahmer Story, The Dropout, Pam and Tommy, The White Lotus, The White Lotus won. Rightfully so. Best performance by an actress in a limited series. Jessica Chastain, Julie Garner, Lily James, Julia Roberts, Amanda Seyfried, Run for the Dropout. And that's on my list. I'll be watching that soon. Best performance by an actor in a limited series. Taron Edgerton, Blackbird, Colin Firth, The Staircase, Andrew Garfield, Under the Banner of Heaven, Evan Peters, Dahmer, Sebastian Stan, Pam and Tommy. Very stacked category, but Evan Peters took that one home for Dahmer, rightfully so as well. I would have been happy with any of those guys, but Evan Peters took that one. Okay, okay. Best performance by an actress in a supporting role in a limited series. Aubrey Plaza, The White Lotus. Nisi Nash, Dahmer, Daisy Edgar Jones, Under the Banner of Heaven, Claire Dons, Fleishman is in trouble, okay, Jennifer Coolidge, The White Lotus, and she took that one, and she has the hilarious acceptance speech, I'd check it out if I were you. Best performance by an actor in a supporting role in a TV series, F. Murray Abraham, The White Lotus, Dom Hall Gleason, The Patient, Paul Walter Halzer, Blackbird, Richard Jenkins, Dahmer, Seth Rogen, Pam and Tommy, Blackbird, Paul Walter Hauser took that one home. Best performance by an actress in a supporting role in a musical or comedy, Elizabeth Debicki, Hannah Finnebrenner, Julie Garner for Ozark, she's the one that won, uh, and then Janelle James and Cheryl Lee Ralph for Abbott Elementary were also nominated. And lastly, best performance by an actor in a supporting role in a musical or comedy, uh, or drama TV series. Oh, gotcha. Uh, Henry Winkler, Barry, Tyler, James Williams, Abbott Elementary, John Turturro, Severance, Jonathan Price, The Crown, John Lithgow, The Old Man, Tyler, James Williams, one for Abbott Elementary. So, those were the winners. Big year for the Banshees of Irishmen. Very interesting that that took the cake, but you know what? I'm going to have to go check it out. It sounds like Sounds like another movie. Got to add it to the list. All right, but now for my reviews for certain subjects. First up here, we've got High on Life, which is a video game. I'm not going to spend too much time on this, but I do need to note it. 
High on Life is a video game that came out late 2022. It is about this. Humanity is being threatened by an alien cartel who wants to use them as drugs. It's up to you and you to rescue and partner with a charismatic talking guns to take down Garmantuous and his gang and save the world. Um, High on Life is available exclusively on Xbox. It I played it on Xbox Game Pass, uh, which is huge. The cast here is what... Uh, is what you should get excited about. Cast here, we've got uh, Justin Roiland, which is also the voice of Morty from Rick and Morty, J.B. Smoove, Bestry Sadaro, Tim Robinson, and many more. Very, very funny uh, game. It's a, it's a comedy, really. Uh, it's, it, it's a first-person shooter comedy. You basically do this acid trip, and then you... Uh, find out the world is being invaded and you have to pick up these talking guns and they help you uh, and talk to you over the course of the game and it's absolutely hilarious i i could not recommend this more if you have a uh whatchamacallit if you've got an xbox i could not recommend you play this game more i beat it very fast i was hooked on it it was hilarious uh, again, made from the people um, who designed uh, Rick and Morty. So if you like Rick and Morty humor, uh, you're going to really like High on Life. Uh, I don't really have any complaints with the game. I give it an A. Uh, it, it was really entertaining. It was very fun to play both for like the comedy, but also the gameplay mechanics were fun. Both it worked with the guns, but it also worked with platforming as well. Tons and tons and tons of fun. Gotta recommend it. Uh, one of my favorite games of 2022 made my top three. So I would highly encourage you to check it out. Don't play it with kids in the room. It is very inappropriate. There's a lot of cursing, a lot of inappropriate jokes. Um, so if you've got young children, I wouldn't play it with them. This isn't like Call of Duty, which I guess you also probably shouldn't play in front of kids, but who cares, whatever. Um, we'll be exposed to it at some point. Um... So that's all. That's all. That's as much as I really wanted to spend on High on Life. Uh, if uh, it's called High on Life because the first scene of the game, you're like doing coke, and uh, one could assume that the coke trip is what spawned the game, um, but you know, you never know. You never get that answer at the end. So uh, make the decision for yourself, I suppose. Um, Another thing that I'm not going to spend too, too much time on, um, that is called This Place Rules. Um, this Place Rules is a documentary. It came out very late last year, but I just caught it. Someone told me from work that I really need to watch it. This Place Rules follows the events and characters surrounding the January 6th, 2021 insurrection of the U.S. Capitol building in the days pre precedenting the attack. This was directed, written, and stars Andrew Callahan. He's an internet creator that went viral last year or within the last few years because he quit his job, moved into an RV, and he drives across the country and interviews crazy people. He goes to Comic-Con conventions, conspiracy theorist conventions, uh, alien conventions, MAGA 
uh, conventions, Black Lives Matter protests. He goes to all of these crazy big events and he interviews the craziest of the crazies. And that's basically what this is about. It's about Donald Trump losing the election and he basically follows MAGA and Black Lives Matter around for three weeks leading up to January 6th. Um, and he just interviews crazy people. And that's really all this is. I mean, it's it's an hour and 22 documentary. No matter what side of the fence you're on, it is wildly entertaining to see the crazies on both sides. You know, seeing the people that are absolute lunatics on my side of the aisle was kind of eye-opening because I didn't realize that there were people out there that were that batshit crazy. And then the same goes with the other side. It's absolutely wild that there's people out here that believe certain things that they read on the internet. And that's another thing the documentary discloses too, is it talks a lot about misinformation and all these people. Half these people are fighting for things that they don't really understand or that they read on Facebook that's not true. It's it's really eye-opening and really entertaining. Politics aside, um, it's just a really fun hour and a half YouTube video of really crazy people being interviewed at uh, protests. So if nothing else, watch it to amuse yourself and remind you about how normal you are because these people definitely are not. Um, so that's all it is. It's available on HBO Max to stream. Um, yeah, nothing, nothing to get excited about or to ride home about, but definitely uh, worth noting if you want some easy entertainment to throw on after work one day this week. It's just it's wildly stupid, but very entertaining. So I'd check it out if I were you. I liked it a lot. Um, last topic of the day today is a movie review. In that movie is House Party. Now I'm not sure if this is a remake or not because I was. Uh, informed yesterday that House Party is a movie in the 90s where these guys throw a house party. Oh, well, IMDb is quick to correct that and say that uh, the synopsis of this is a high school student decides to host a house party while... Oh, no, IMDb is wrong. They've got the wrong synopsis. That is not the synopsis of this movie. I'll give you the synopsis of this movie. Um... Damon and Kevin are house cleaners, and they decide to throw a house party in LeBron James' house while he's away on vacation. That's the synopsis of this movie. Uh, this was written by Stephen Glover and Jamal Ori. Stars Anthony Andrew Santino, Tossin Cole, Jacob Lattimore, and uh, and many many more. Uh, this has a ton of celebrity cameos in it. Uh, it is very self-aware comedy. This is a fun time. It's not a fantastic movie by any means. I give it a 72 out of 100, but that's only because this movie knows what it is. It's it's stupid. It's obnoxious. It's far-fetched, but, uh, but it's a damn good time at the movies, especially if you have a good audience. My audience was weak. There was like three people in my theater besides me and my wife, and uh, but it was funny as hell, man. I mean... Cast-wise, we've got Andrew Santino. He's the guy who plays Dave's manager in the Little Dicky show. Uh, cameos include... Uh, well, I guess it doesn't tell you the cameos, which is good because it's uh, that leaves a surprise for y'all in the audience. But there's a lot of really fun cameos in the movie. Uh, I don't, I don't really know what to say. Movies like this don't really require a lot of talking. I mean, it, 
it's it's funny as shit. If you want a comedy, go out and see it. You could probably wait for this to stream. I guarantee it'll be on Netflix or HBO Max or Paramount or whatever company it belongs to. Um, but it's it's a fun time at the movies. It's not an Oscar winning film by any means, but it is a fun time nonetheless. Me and Catherine had a good time. We laughed out loud several times. Uh, lots of good jokes, a lot of celebrity cameos. A lot of those cameos make jokes about themselves or situations they've been in. So everybody is just there to have a good time. And uh, yeah, I mean, you could wait for streaming, but if you're desperate for a new comedy movie, go check this one out. You won't be disappointed. All right, guys, that will wrap it up for this week's episode. If you got thoughts on this week's topics, you can do any or all of the following. Follow the show on Instagram at Logan's Lowdown, myself on Twitter at Logan Lowdown, and TikTok at Logan's Lowdown. If you like what you hear, you can send this show to one friend or family member with whom you go to the movies with, someone you already enjoy talking about the fun and crazy entertainment world with. If you like written content, I also write a bi-weekly newsletter entitled, you guessed it, Logan's Lowdown, where I write about all things me. I talk about my personal life, I give full movie reviews, streaming recommendations, what I've been watching lately, comics, Catherine's Corner, and more. Check it out for free. And that's the best part of it, is that it's free. Go to loganlewis.substack.com to read and subscribe. The newsletter drops every other Wednesday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right around lunchtime. Also, I do an audio companion of me reading the newsletter, and it drops on this very feed. So if you liked this episode and you want to hear about my newsletter before you subscribe for it to be in your inbox on your email, uh, you can give it a listen. If you like the content that I put out and you want more, there's always more. I do another weekly podcast with my two very good friends, Jordan and Matthew, which is called Guys on Tap. We discuss anything and everything and have a cold drink while we do it. It's a ton of fun, and that show's available anywhere that you listen to this podcast. The handles for their social medias, Instagram and TikTok, are at Guys on Tap. Thank you all so much. Have a great week. We'll see you Wednesday for the newsletter uh, episode. See ya.